Well, it shouldn't really be as much cause for celebration as it is, but the Kings defeated a team they were supposed to beat, handing the Houston Rockets the loss. The Kings have won two in a row. But before that, Sacramento Kings general manager Monty McNair came out of hibernation. He appeared on Sports 1140 KHDK for an exclusive interview, and he said a whole lot of nothing. I'll respond to some of the few things worth talking about that he said, but really McNair's actions are always going to speak louder than his words. We'll talk about that and the Kings win on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, uh, formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 News and Television. And speaking of my former employer, Sports 1140 KHDK, their morning show, The Car Michael Dave show with Jason Ross. They had Kings general manager Monty McNair on for a interview. It's the first media uh, that McNair has done, I think, all season. First time we've heard from Monty McNair uh, since the actually that's not true because Monty McNair spoke, I believe, after Luke Walton was fired. That feels like a whole season and a half, two seasons ago at this point without crazy this year uh, has been or this season has been to this point. Uh, but it's the first time in a while, certainly, that we've heard from uh, Kings general manager Monty McNair. And many of us were wondering if Monty was if hybr- if he was in hibernation, if he was uh, away on vacation, because we've heard nothing from him, nothing in the Kings front office. It's been all crickets when you and I have uh, really both thought that the Kings should be getting active. And we don't know if the Kings have been active or not. We don't know if the Kings have been on the phone talking to a bunch of different teams. My gut would say, yes, they have. And we're just not hearing about it, which in reality is a good thing. You don't want to know about every single thing that's going on from an NBA front office. That means you have a lot of leaks. And that was an issue that this Kings team had uh, a number of years ago before Vlade Divac and, uh, took over. And actually when he first took over, if you remember correctly, and that was a bad time to have that many leaks coming out of the front office. The fact that we aren't hearing anything really in reality is a positive. That being said, when a move goes down like what we saw uh, between the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, Cam Reddish being traded to the Knicks for like Kevin Knox, who is just filler at that point and, and really a, a first round pick with protections on it, significant protections on it. I know a lot of Kings fans rolled their eyes or maybe pounded their fists in frustration going, man, that's all it took for Cam Reddish, who is a player that in theory, made sense to be a, a target for the Kings. Damn it, McNair, Monty, Kings, what are you guys doing? You're, you're letting these trades happen. Regardless, we don't know what the Kings are trying to do or not, um, but it was good to at least hear from Monty McNair and, and know that he was um, at least present, uh, if nothing else. And in reality, if you go and listen to this interview and you can on cagedk.com, um, it's it's a whole lot of nothing. And that's kind of what Monty McNair has always been as a general manager. I've had the opportunity of speaking with McNair, both uh, publicly and privately. 
been a part of every single one of his press conferences. I've asked questions in those press conferences. Monty does a really good job of speaking for a while. Like he can give one to two minute answers. And in reality, he'll say nothing. Like if you go back and actually listen to what he's saying, or if you read a transcript of what he's saying, it's just a whole lot of nothing. And that's kind of what this uh, this interview was uh, on KHDK. He was never going to be asked and was never going to take the podium or take the the interview and, and, and start talking about, man, we really love Ben Simmons and we're going aggressively after Ben Simmons or DeMontis Abonis or uh, any of those names uh, that are out there and available. And he really wasn't even going to talk too much about the own names that he has on his roster and how much he's shopping Buddy Heald or how much he's shopping Marvin Bagley or whether or not De'Aaron Fox is available. That kind of stuff was never going to happen. So... If you were expecting that from the interviewer, looking that from that from the interviewer, you were always going to be disappointed. However, I think we all wanted to get kind of an idea of what McNair's mindset is. And for the most part, he did, but really only with a couple of answers. In reality, that interview could have been about four or five minutes long, and you would have gotten the meat and potatoes of the entire conversation. The, re- the other 10 minutes or so uh, is just kind of filler and just a whole... A lot of nothing, really. But the the main things that McNair said that are worth bringing up and worth talking about here on, on the Locked on Kings podcast, the, the main thing that I took away from it is McNair made it very, very clear that the playoffs are still the goal. The playoffs are the number one goal. This team is going for the playoffs. They don't want to um, take a long road to get to the playoffs. They're looking for the fastest road possible that makes sense, and I'll get into that more in a little bit. Um, and this team is definitely not tanking. Like that's, that's what I got mostly out of this interview was playoffs are still the goal. They've always been the goal, which I appreciate because that's always been my goal for the Kings this season based off of what McNair and Luke Walton both said uh, during the off season at the beginning of the season. Um, and tanking is not an option. Like this Kings team is not going to go for a full on rebuild. And in fact, McNair didn't say this, but I, I believe that McNair wouldn't survive a full on rebuild, which is why he's taking this route. In reality, this might be the only real route available to McNair. I don't think tanking is ever has ever been an option for Monty, even if it is an option for the Kings and some would argue the right path for the Kings. And I know many locked on Kings listeners think that that's the right path for the Kings. I know a lot of Kings media members, Kings personalities, writers, uh, podcast hosts that heard those comments that weren't necessarily too happy because they think that a tank and a rebuild really chumming this up or, or, or uh, summarizing this season as a lost season and, and trying to do your best to put yourself in a position to get a high draft pick and, and try and get value uh, for pieces at this trade deadline. I understand that kind of approach, but you also have to think of it from the perspective of a guy who has his first ever uh, general manager job and more importantly is trying to keep that first general manager job. So it doesn't surprise me at all that McNair said that that tanking isn't an option this Kings team is still going for the playoffs. Now, I am still going to do a podcast next week uh, about uh, like a hypothetical what-if podcast of if the Kings were to tank, what they would have to do, the questions that they would have to answer, and the amount of things that they would have to get right. That podcast is still coming, even if it's not very realistic with McNair's recent comments, um, but it doesn't surprise me at all that McNair and the Kings are not interested in taking that route. Uh, McNair also said that the Kings are are going to be aggressive, but remain flexible and looking for the right moves. That's something that McNair has said since day one. So nothing really new there. However, aggressive is up for interpretation. Does that mean aggressively going after big names like uh, uh, Ben Simmons? Or does that mean just including yourself in every single conversation? Does that mean trying to enter yourself into 
um, major conversations between two other teams and trying to be the third team to, to try and pick some scraps or, or find a way to uh, to cash in on a, a big blockbuster deal elsewhere. Aggressive can mean a lot of things for Monty McNair, but in reality, being aggressive means nothing if you don't actually get a deal done and a good deal done on top of that. Monty also said, that there is not going to be a a desperation swing uh, for the fences move coming. That is an is a massive gamble just for this team to get into the playoffs for one year uh, and then to set them back. So McNair is not going to make a a massive move for a one year rental type player uh, and and trade away assets like draft picks or big name players on this Kings roster in order to do that. Which I do appreciate. However, I still think that he can say that not want to go for a desperation swing for the fences move, but still find a swing for the fences move that's not necessarily desperate, that makes more sense long-term and short-term. Pieces like that are out there. You could argue Ben Simmons is one of those guys because of his current contract, how much control you'd have, how young he is. However, what are you giving up for Ben Simmons? That's a big question mark. And again, McNair didn't talk about whether or not he's wanting to trade uh, Buddy Heal, or I mean, uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, but we have read multiple reports, and I agree with these reports that nobody on the Kings is untradeable. Now, it's always, always, always the case that it's going to take a lot for the Kings to part with De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. We're talking bona fide star is how you're getting um, or how the, the Kings are willing to move on from one of those two guys. Draft picks and solid players, that's not going to do it for Monty McNair, which is why I, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that De'Aaron Fox uh, and Tyrese Halliburton aren't going anywhere. That includes in a Ben Simmons conversation. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I would not include uh, De'Aaron Fox in a Ben Simmons uh, type move, even if uh, reports are that I've, I, you read one report or I read one, one report uh, today that I think it was from Chris Haynes that the Sixers are becoming a little more interested in that idea. And then I also read another report that the Sixers have no interest uh, in De'Aaron Fox, which is fine because I don't think the Kings have any interest in trading De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons anyway, but I could be wrong. In the end, everything that Monty McNair said is fine. It's all really just hot air because no matter what McNair said here, it, it, it doesn't matter. McNair's actions are always going to speak louder than his words. His actions are what matter. What he does before or on February 10th, the trade deadline, that is what matters. And in reality, his action, he cannot choose to take the action of being passive and sitting back. This Kings team can not survive. Well, they can, but they shouldn't uh, even try to survive not making any moves. Like, I understand you have to have two to tango. I understand you can't just force another team to accept a deal. You have to find a deal that's right for both sides to be able to okay it. But, Monty, you're, you're an NBA-level general manager now. I know you've had two trades that would have been good trades for the Kings that have fallen through. It sucks. It's maybe not your fault, but at the same time, this is a results-oriented league. Monty McNair does not get a pass if the Kings make only mild, minor moves this, this trade deadline like they did last trade deadline. He does not get a pass if they make no moves. And more importantly, the Kings organization is going to realize that if Buddy Heald, especially, and maybe even Marvin Bagley, or if this roster is the same on February 11th, the Golden One Center, regardless of the, the King's status in this play-in race, the Golden One Center is going to be pretty empty for the remainder of the season. And I know that matters to the King's organization.
So if you want to go and listen to this interview again, it's available on the KHDK app, KHDK.com. Uh, really, there's only about four or five minutes worth your time, in my opinion. Um, but at least we heard a little bit from Monty McNair. If you want to share with me your thoughts on Monty's comments, please do so. At Matt George Sack on Twitter is how you can reach me. DM me uh, privately or tweet me publicly if you'd like. My DMs are open even if we don't follow each other. Uh, you can email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. Uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. Now... Let's talk about the Kings beating the Houston Rockets. The Kings winning two games in a row. It's always easier to talk about wins here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will get to that after I tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all of the superstar players as well as bench players who are only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of from points to assists, rebounds, threes, made, etc. The way it works, you pick two to five players uh, and an over-under on their projected numbers, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. For example, you could pick De'Aaron Fox and his over-under, let's say, 24 and a half points. If you pick over and you win, you cash in. And you can choose multiple players from the same team in the same game. You can pick uh, different players uh, throughout the league. You can pick different players in different sports. You can bet on the NBA at the same time as the NFL if you wish. Uh, prize picks, uh, they allow mixed sport entries. They're super easy to do. You can make those entries uh, in like 10 seconds or less. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so you will actually get your money. Make sure when you sign up for prize picks, uh, you take advantage of the great offer that we have here as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All you have to do is use promo code NBA, and you'll get a free $50 if your first prize pick entry scores a single point, which is really, really easy. It's it's a free $50 that you're going to get. That's right. All of our Locked On Kings listeners who deposit money and use promo code NBA will get $50 for free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It didn't start pretty. In fact, it was really disappointing how this Kings and Rockets game started considering how well the Kings played defensively against the Los Angeles Lakers the game before. But what matters is the Kings got to win. And what extra matters is that the Kings got to win against a team that they should be beating every single time. I really appreciated uh, the the game from De'Aaron Fox, really appreciated the game from Marvin Bagley. I'm going to talk about the two of them. Um, and I appreciated how the Kings were able to respond from that horrible first quarter that they had, the corrections, the adjustments that they made, and how really from midway in the second quarter on, the Kings were in full control of that game and made the Rockets play catch up, got the Rockets flustered. And we know that's a young Rockets team who I like some of their pieces. I understand what they're trying to build there. I understand what they're trying to do. That team should not be dropping 40 points on you uh, in the first quarter, even if they have a, a ton of capable scorers. As good as that team can be offensively and as much of a track meet as we saw in this game between these two teams, it was a really fun game. It really was a fun game to watch, although both teams got a little bit out of control and transition at times. But a game that's that fast paced with that much scoring, it's fun basketball to enjoy. But even so, the Kings should not have allowed it to be as easy uh, as it was for the Rockets, especially in the first quarter, but really throughout this game. 
the Rockets got a lot of good looks. They just stopped falling or weren't falling as much in the second half. I give the Kings a lot of credit. They did what they did do, and they did carry over from the win over the Lakers to this win over the Rockets. They were pushing the tempo. They were getting out in transition. Uh, they were uh, taking advantage of uh, missed shots or uh, stops, turnovers, anything like that, getting out, playing fast, getting De'Aaron Fox downhill for the second straight game. Absolutely nobody could stop him. And like I said, if De'Aaron Fox plays that way on a nightly basis, there's uh, there are very few players. In fact, I don't think there's a player in the league really that can stop him when he gets going downhill uh, like that. So De'Aaron was an uh, absolute. He's just fantastic tonight. But I am I am disappointed in the fact that what gave the Kings so much success in their win over the Lakers. And I look, look, I know the Lakers scored more than 110 points. I can't remember what, how many points they scored. If it was like 114 or something like that, that's still too many points to give up. I get that. But the reason why the Kings beat the Los Angeles Lakers, the reason why the Kings had a 40 point third quarter is because they got stops defensively. They played aggressive, hard rotations defensively. They were communicating. They forced the Lakers into some tough shots and off of those shots, they were getting out in transition. Well, the Kings, like I said, did a good job in transition carrying that over. But the first quarter in particular, I wanted to see the Kings build off of the success that they had against the Lakers defensively. And instead, they came out flat. Their defense was atrocious. Christian Wood was eating them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, and the Kings found themselves uh, giving up 40 points and over 60% shooting in that first quarter. Against the Rockets, you can kind of get away from that. Or get away with that, I should say, because you can you can come back against a team like the Rockets. They're going to let you back in. And thanks to De'Aaron Fox, who I think scored 15 points and was a perfect uh, like eight of eight or something like that, nine of nine uh, from the field in that first quarter, um, the Kings were able to to stick around against other teams. You're giving up 40 points in the first quarter. You're probably in a world hurt. So that's something that the Kings need to correct, something that the Kings need to learn from, and they thankfully take on the Houston Rockets again on Sunday. They can't allow a 40-point first quarter. They shouldn't allow a 40-point quarter, period. And, of course, we would love for the Kings to not allow a 30-point quarter if they can. Uh, thankfully, Houston only had that 40-point quarter. Everything else was under 30 with a 20-point second quarter, 29-point third quarter, and 25-point fourth quarter. Uh, the Kings were excellent in the second quarter, outscoring the uh, the Rockets 34-20. to 20. Uh, I, They took a five-point lead, I believe, into half time and from that point on uh they were really in control um the fourth quarter even though the kings won it looked like this team was trying to flip into cruise control a little bit and they got a wake-up call and what i mean by that is the kings went on a big run to start the fourth quarter building off of the good third quarter that they had and they had a 19 point lead and suddenly the rockets rattled off a 9-0 run um, or more, no, it was more than that. It was a 12 0 run to get the day, game down to seven points. Uh, Alvin Gentry calls timeout, and then the Kings come back out and then ended up bringing it back up to 10, 12, 14 points. And they were able to, to end up closing this game out 126 to 114, winning by eight. But it, it's, it's another reminder that this Kings team just isn't to that point where they can cruise against anybody regardless of who they're playing. Now, the Houston Rockets are a team that uh, they're going to give up a lot of points. They're not afraid to to try and run in transition with the Kings and try and score points quickly. Um, so so they were able to cut into that gap pretty quick. I appreciate the timeout that, that Gentry took, and I'm glad Sacramento was able to close this one out. But this team cannot afford to just drop into cruise control. Uh, what's pretty interesting is the fact that the Kings did score 28 points in the fourth quarter, did close this game out, 
And they did so without a single point in the fourth quarter from De'Aaron Fox. Fox finished with a game high, uh, 27 points. All of them scored in the first three quarters. So it's crazy to think about Fox not scoring in that fourth quarter. He shot 11 of 18 from the field, uh, two of four from three-point range. Did get to the free throw line uh, six times, only hit three of them. Of course, we want that percentage to go up. In addition to those 27 points, De'Aaron Fox had eight assists, which you love to see. Also had a couple of steals. Did turn the ball over four times, but that didn't end up being the end of the world. Tyrese Halliburton had a slow offensive game when it comes to scoring. He had just nine points, uh, three of eight shooting, one of six from three-point range. So not the best shooting performance from Tyrese. I appreciate him, though, um, staying aggressive and looking for that shot, especially from beyond the arc. But Tyrese, another master class in uh, distributing. Uh, he finished with 12 assists. So to get 20 assists total from your two starting guards, uh, you'll take that every day of the week. The Kings as a whole uh, had 33 assists. So 20 out of 33 assists coming from Fox and Halliburton combined. Uh, that's great to see. The Kings also um, turned the ball over 14 times. They gave up 22 points off of those turnovers, but did score 24 points of their own off 17 uh, Rockets turnovers. Uh, and like I said, the Kings getting out in transition, they had 22 fast break points. However, the Rockets had 20. So these teams a little more evenly matched in transition than uh, the Kings against the Los Angeles Lakers the other night. Marvin Bagley was excellent in this game. And these are the kind of numbers that Kings fans were hoping you were going to get on assembly nightly basis when the Kings drafted Bagley number two overall. These are numbers that he is capable of 26 points, 13 rebound, double, double. That's a season high in both categories. He went 12 of 20 from the field. I uh, did go 0 of two from three point range, but that didn't matter. He was aggressive. He was fighting to get to his position. He was really taking advantage of the fact that he was guarded by Christian Wood, who of course is a good center, a good big, uh, but he is as undersized or, or kind of on the thinner side like Bagley is. So what is one of the few bigs that Bagley can can post up and battle for position on and actually have the upper hand when it comes to strength? And you can see Bagley take advantage of that good recognition on that end uh, to pick his spots. Uh, and, and then he had the nice soft touch around the rim, also had a nice couple of easy dunks and layups off of feeds from uh, from Tyrese Halliburton. So good to see Marvin have that kind of game. You take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt, put a little asterisk next to everything because of the team that he was playing against. But you also don't want to undermine the performance uh, that Bagley had. And I, I put out on Twitter, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Which teams do you want or do you hope were paying attention to this performance by Marvin Bagley, teams that may be interested in trading for Marvin Bagley. I know there are some of you who are listening that don't want the Kings to trade for Marvin Bagley. I would say it's it's there's a pretty high likelihood that the Kings do end up moving Marvin. They're definitely going to be shopping him. However, the right deal has to be out there. The Kings aren't just going to let him go for nothing. Uh, we saw that last season. I don't know if his asking price is still a first-round pick. Who knows? And in reality, as good of a game uh, as as Marvin had, no general manager in the league is going to see a 26-point, 13-rebound double-double, which, by the way, is his first double-double of 20-plus points uh, for the first time since like May of 2021. So the first time this season Marvin's been able to do that. No GM is going to look at this and go, oh, my God, I have to have Marvin on my team now suddenly, and I'm willing to give up more. Uh, so... It's not necessarily that much of a knee-jerk reaction, but it's still good to see that performance that we know Marvin is capable of. And he was huge, got the Kings some big buckets, and was consistent throughout the entire game, helping this Kings team um, ultimately get to this victory. So it was good to see Fox and, and Bagley really be that one-two punch for the Kings uh, that Sacramento was hoping for for a while. And then I wanted to talk about Harrison Barnes's game, 16 points, also had nine rebounds, six assists. Uh, he was all over the stat sheet, which is something that... that 
if you know, uh, especially if you're a fantasy basketball player, if you know Harrison Barnes, he's really not that much of a stat sheet stuffer. So to get all that contribution from him, uh, you definitely have to win those games. Thankfully, the Kings did also got uh, 19 points off the bench from Buddy Heald uh, and 14 points from Terrence Davis. First time Terrence uh, ha- has looked good in, in quite a while, which is nice to see, even though he did brick a straight on three when he he decided to to shimmy instead of just taking the shot and he missed the shot just kind of roll your eyes at that but whatever terrence you you try and i know it's been tough for the kings to to have moments like that and to enjoy moments like that this season so i i guess if that's what you want to do um go at it overall kings have won the last two games impressive win over the lakers good win over the rockets that you should be beating We don't want to overreact too much because this Kings team still very much has the issues that they, that we've seen for the majority of this season. They're still 18 and 27, nine games under 500, but it's good to see it's progress, especially with these games being at home. So enjoy them while you can, but know that not everything, in fact, very few things with this Kings team, all their issues, uh, those have not been corrected. Those are not just going to go away because the Kings have won two in a row. Probably should be three in a row after Sunday's game against the Rockets, maybe even four in a row when they take on the Detroit Pistons at home next week before taking on a, a, a very difficult Eastern Conference road trip. So can the Kings put together a little win streak? Uh, we'll have to wait and see with that. Uh, and of course, Whatever happens after the Kings and Rockets game on Sunday, the plan is for me to have a Locked on Kings podcast episode for you. Same thing after the Pistons game. I try to do a, a post-game podcast unless family things come up or anything happens like that. But uh, you can count on that here on the Locked on Kings podcast the majority of the time. You can also count on betonline.ag for the number one place for sports gambling, the number one place to give you the best lines, the best odds, the best place really to, to make yourself some money off of the Kings, NBA, or just general sports knowledge that you have. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year with the NFL playoffs about to begin the NBA marching towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. They have a new updated desktop or mobile uh, website for you to sign up today. If you use promo code LOCKED ON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Free money for you right then and there. From football to basketball, hockey to boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So like I mentioned earlier before we wramp up, I will be doing still that uh, hypothetical what if the Sacramento Kings were to blow it up and just embrace a full tank. I'm still going to be doing that podcast even with McNair's comments saying that that is not a route uh, that the Kings are going to take. And truth be told, I believe him uh, when he says that I don't believe it's a route um, that that is available to him or would be a smart route for him to take if he wants to keep his job. And that's going to be one of the questions and one of the things that we talk about in this hypothetical conversation. I was going to do it this week, but because of some scheduling conflicts, I'm going to end up doing that early next week. So I hope you will stay tuned for that. Again, I'm going through all the different scenarios of uh, if the Kings were to full tank, uh, different questions that they have to ask and have the right answers for, not just a answer, but the right answer. Tanking is difficult rebuilding is difficult and if the kings are going to do a full fledged rebuild that is ultimately successful they have to break a lot of bad habits a lot of bad trends and correct a lot of things 
that history says the Kings have a hard time uh, getting even remotely right. So I will be doing a podcast on that uh, coming up in just a little bit. And then, like I mentioned, also uh, Kings Rockets on Sunday post game podcast after that uh, and uh, more interviews coming as well, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline, going to be involved uh, with more locked on Kings podcast hosts from different teams. I've already talked to the 76ers about a Ben Simmons trade. I talked to the Indiana Pacers and, and Tony East host of the locked on Pacers. I uh, talked to him about the possibility of the Kings trading for Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis. Those conversations are only going to get going more and more. If there are any teams specifically that you want me to talk to, hell, I could even call Jackson Gatlin up host of the locked on Rockets podcast. We could have a little conversation about if the Rockets have interest in Marvin Bagley and what's the availability of Christian Wood. I can do that if you would like. I know a lot of uh, Kings fans have talked about or, or, or thought a little bit about a straight up swap of Mo Bamba and Marvin Bagley. So I could uh, talk to the Houston or the uh, Orlando Magic too. There's a lot of conversations to be had as the trade deadline gets closer. So let me know if there are any teams specifically that you want me to talk to uh, and you want to hear a little bit more about as the deadline gets closer and closer. As always, I appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Have yourselves a great, great night and a wonderful Saturday and hopefully a wonderful Sunday that results in a Kings win. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.